Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lugdahl Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing the top movies of 2021. We have covered approximately 30 to 40 movies over the course of the year. We were not able to cover every single one of those movies for reviews. However, uh, at the end of the year, I like to um, do some sort of roundup, like a, a basically a consolidated list of my favorite movies of the year. Now, just because that these movies are in my favorite of the year doesn't mean I don't like the movies that aren't in the uh the top 10 list. However, these are the ones that um, I would recommend the most. Um, So let's start with my number 10. And again, if uh, there's things that are in other people's list that aren't in mine, I may or may not have seen um, other other, uh, lists. And uh, I might not have seen some of their movies as well. So hopefully this list is nice and consolidated in a way that it's got movies that you recognize and some that you're not so familiar with that you were thinking about possibly um, checking out. So the first movie uh, at number 10 that I would recommend uh, that is in the top 10 for the year is Belfast. Belfast is a 2021 coming-of-age comedy-drama written and directed by Kenneth Branagh. Uh, the film stars uh, Sirtona Balfe, Judy Dench, Jamie Dornan, and Kieran Hines is alongside Colin Morgan and newcomer Jude Hill. The uh, film, which Branagh has described as his most personal film, uh, centuries on a uh, young boy's childhood amidst the turmoil, sorry, uh, the tumult and uh, Belfast, Northern Ireland in the 1960s. I felt this deserved a spot on the top 10 just because it was a smaller, more independent styled film um, with the cinematography absolutely was gorgeous and gobsmacked gobsmacking um i think the characters um do an excellent job embodying a very natural existence of this world Uh, there's not ever a second i don't feel like i'm actually in the 1960s in northern ireland i feel like we get an understanding of uh the struggle of what it feels like from the pros and the cons of being in northern ireland uh and living in northern ireland and how people's perspectives um, are shaped um, in their eyes. A lot of them were talking about small things about like, you know, uh, other people in the world can't understand uh, what they're saying because of their thick uh, Irish accent. And I will admit at some points I was having trouble understanding what they were saying. But having captions on obviously is uh, very beneficial in this case. Um, so when people watch this, I would probably recommend watching it with captions. Um, like I said, when it comes to the natural feeling of being in this world, I, I really enjoyed it. It, it, it uh, kind of reminds me of this year's like Jojo Rabbit, uh, very much the Taika Waititi um, 
drama slash comedy blend. And I, I really enjoyed it as along with the, uh, the young boy uh, that plays, I think it's probably Jude Hill, I believe is the young child actor. He's, he's really good in it. I, I, I enjoyed the hell out of him. And uh, of course the coming of age aspects of, um, you know, becoming a man, um, seeing, you know, be, as being a man, seeing your, becoming a father, grandpa's passing, father becoming the grandpa and the, the boy becoming the man and that kind of uh, introspection um, with this film. And so that's why this is my number 10. Number nine. Hold on, let me know. One, two, three. Yeah, okay, I just wanted to make sure. Okay, so number my number nine is. Let me see if I can get it up real quick. Da, da, da. Do the boogie dance and boom. Uh, let me see. Oh, this is the film. Okay, so it's based off of a. Uh, biographical musical drama film it is tick tick boom is a 2021 american biographical musical drama film directed by lynn manuel miranda in his featured directorial debut written by stephen levinson um it is based off the stage musical of the same name by Jonathan Larson, a semi-autobiographical story about Larson's writing a musical to enter the, uh, the musical Broadway industry. The film stars Andrew Garfield, Robin DeJesus, um, Alexandra Shipp, uh, Joshua Henry, Judith Light, and Vanessa Hudgens. Um, now, I got to say that I had no idea Andrew Garfield was able to sing. I, I, I assume this is him singing. Hold on real quick. I didn't I have not done a review for this. So did Andrew Garfield sing? Let me see. So, yes, he is singing in this movie and he's also playing the piano, which is pretty impressive. He's a he's a multi-talented uh, actor with with all regards. And with his most recent roles, and um, I'm not going to say too much with his most recent roles, but he's making somewhat of a resurgence in the mainstream media. And I think that he's having somewhat of a, uh, a renaissance in a way. I think that he'll be gaining a lot more traction with his most recent roles, not only as a dramatic actor, a musical actor. Uh, he's able to star in franchises. He seems to be a likable guy. A lot of people seem to like working with him, I believe. Um, I, I, like, I don't know him personally or anything like that, but um, I think this is only going to elevate his career. The reason I have Tick, Tick, Boom at number nine is uh, specifically because I wasn't exactly sure how much I was going to enjoy the film. I thought I, I knew where it was going to end. But the place that it left me in in the end felt like so natural that I was I was I was really into it. And despite it going full musical in a way that I don't normally like, normally I don't like when um Everything just turns into, you know, a singing of how they feel. But I feel like if 
you know, I'm singing and this is how I feel and I'm singing, you know, that type of thing. Um, if anyone can do it, I think Andrew Garfield can do it. Um, mostly because of the story that is put back behind this um, uh, this musical. It, it really got me in a way that um, I was not expecting at all. The Power of the Dog is my number eight movie. Um, I have to pull that up real quick. The Power of the Dog is a 2021 Western psychological drama film written and directed by Jane Campion. I'm a little bit uh, in the dark about Jane Campion. I didn't realize that she was kind of this like auteur New Zealand director that has had some pretty notable achievements. Um, Campion's also known for directing films as An Angel at My Table in 1990, Holy Smoke in 98, Bright Star in 2009. Um, and the piano in 1993. I, I'm really in the dark about her her work, but uh, after watching The Power of the Dog, The Power of the Dog was not initially a movie uh, uh, that I was seriously engaged in. It was one of those movies that kind of felt like an A24 kind of like, what am I watching? Not really knowing what I was supposed to be paying attention to until maybe like the hour-ish mark. And I kind of felt like it was like slices of life in a way, but there's really not an unfolding of understanding what this movie is about until about the last five minutes. I think the last five minutes, maybe last 10 minutes, completely redefined the film of what you're watching. And I always really enjoy a, a movie that kind of redecides what kind of movie it is at the end of it. Um, not that you're... Not that it's not like you're feeling like a, you're watching a suspenseful drama for the majority of it, but you're like, why is it suspenseful? Why does it feel so dreadful? Why does there feel like this heavy burden of this feeling lingering over it? And then at the last 10 minutes, you're like, oh, shit. So um, that's how I kind of felt about this movie. And for more insight in it, I would definitely look up The Power of the Dog uh, articles um, after you've watched it, The Power of the Dog is one of those movies that you're going to say, like, this is kind of a lot to handle. But then I think just at the way that it reveals itself, uh, you're going to have one of two reactions like, oh, or oh, like it's all coming together kind of thing. And um, that's kind of that's kind of like what I why I liked it. It uh, stars Benedict Cumberbatch, Kristen Dunst, Jesse Plemons, her real life husband. Uh, Cody Smith McPhee, who I have a newfound respect for of his uh, acting ability at this age. Um, Thompson McKenzie's in this. Uh, Gwyneth. Oh, Thompson McKenzie's in this? I didn't even recognize her. I think, isn't this the same young lady from uh, Last Night in Soho? Yeah. Anyways. Uh, let's see. Da -da 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 -da. Oh, Miss Frances Conroy is in this as well. Yeah, yeah. It has a has a power powerhouse powerhouse uh, stacked cast. So I would definitely recommend the power of the dog. Number seven.
Number seven, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is a 2001 American superhero film based on Marvel Comics featuring the Marvel character Shang-Chi, produced by Marvel Studios, directed, distributed by Walt Disney Studios. Um, it's the 25th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We did cover this in our uh, reviews for this year. And um, I think I did give my reasons for why I think number this deserves a spot at number 10. Um, it... It overtook the other places uh, for other movies, mostly for, I think, the full enjoyment of this movie uh, outshines and in, in the majority of the other ones. Um, for instance, uh, I'll, I'll explain a little bit later why I put Shang-Chi, but I think the dynamic between the main two characters of the father and the son work better for me than I think a lot of people. I, I definitely see the motivations. I see the struggle and I think the action behind uh, Tony Leong and Simon Lau, um, I think it, I, I, I think is really shown there. Um, and we have strong co-leads. I think the co sorry, the co-stars of uh, like Aquafina and Michelle Yeoh um, only make this stronger. I don't think it's a perfect movie just because of some spots in it that feel like where where are we going just kind of feels like story plot story driven plots um that kind of deter it from being a perfect movie but i think it's entertaining i definitely think it's the quote-unquote black panther for uh asian representation and i was here for it i was i definitely think that it's overall a positive step uh, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, especially in comparison to something like Eternals. If I do a, a, a worst of top 10 for 2021, I'll, I'll let you know, but probably have Eternals on there. <laughs> okay, number, what was that? Number, what was that? Nine, eight. Seven six. Number six. I can't believe this came out um, in 2021. Judas and the Black Messiah, which we did cover this as well in the podcast. Judas and the Black Messiah is twenty is a twenty twenty one autobiographical crime crime drama film about the. The betrayal of Fred Hampton, uh, played by Daniel Kaluuya, chairman of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party uh, in the late 1960s. Uh, he's I don't want to give too much about this movie uh, if you don't know exactly the story of Fred Hampton um, and William O'Neill. I will just say that the performances of Daniel Kaluuya and um, Lakeith Stanfield are one of my favorite performances of the year, uh, along with Dominique Fishback, absolutely embodied these characters. There wasn't for a second that I didn't feel like this wasn't actually how it went down. I'm sure it was dramatized in a, in a way, but it was so it felt so grounded and felt so real that um that i 
in the fact that it is based off of a true story, I had to put this up there. It, there's just so many reasons that I think that this works. Um, and the ending is very, very powerful uh, for many reasons. Um, I just, I have this up here. Shocker King, I believe this is his directorial debut. And uh, I was I was blown away by his uh, directing style, the natural the natural feel of it, the lighting. I just um, the music. I think it all worked on all cylinders. Um, yeah, so it is a, a a little bit bleak, but I will say because of apparently the historical accuracy, I believe it is pretty historical. It's pretty historical. It's pretty factual and close to the actual tale. Uh, that this is a pretty powerful story that needs to be shown. So number five, we are halfway through the list. I cannot believe that. So number five, out of almost the 30 to 40 movies, I didn't count how many movies I actually saw this year, but um, I think it was around 37. So out of approximately the 37 movies, number five is... This year's Denis Villeneuve's Dune, Dune Part One, Dune Part One, Dune is a 2021 American epic science fiction film directed by Denis Villeneuve and written by Villeneuve, John Spadis, and Eric uh, Eric Roth. It is the first of a two adaptation of the two-part adaptation of the 1965 novel by Frank Herbert, primarily covering the first half of the book. Um, set far into the future, it follows Paul Atreides, played by Timothy Chalamet and his family, the notable House Atreides, as they are thrust into a war for the deadly and his inhospitable desert planet Arrakis. So, uh, Dune, I don't think I watched a movie as many times this year as I did Dune. I was so excited to see Dune on HBO Max because I could just experience it and replay it and be in this world as much as I wanted to replay it. I was... I felt like one of those kids from the 80s who wanted to rewatch Star Wars and just be in the world and just have it on in the background for, for as long as you could. I know the movie is like almost two and a half, three hours or something like that. And it definitely it doesn't feel like that to me. It feels more like a miniseries with three separate acts. Um, and I understand that it's not a perfect movie, but the reason that I think you need to see this is because it is so confident in building a brand new world and having it, uh, engulfed in this sci-fi, uh, epic story. I was here for it. And I think, uh, Timothy Chalamet is, is growing as an actor and growing on me as an actor, but I think Rebecca Ferguson and Oscar Isaac have never been better. Um, and I am I'm blown away by their talent. I'm blown away by the storytelling. It just feels like grand epic story uh, stel, stel, uh, story storytelling on 
the highest level possible. I mean, it has a super high budget. It looks amazing. I saw this thing on repeat so many times. I probably saw it on four or five times uh, just at home. And then I saw it one time in IMAX. I was blown away. So I, I, I couldn't say any, anything better than that. So, um, let me see what we got. Yeah, that's Dune 2021. And I actually did go back and rewatch the original Dune just to kind of get a, a feeling of what the original Dune was supposed to be. The uh, original Dune is um, based in the 60s, I believe. I'm not 100% sure. I need to kind of go back and look. Let's see. Dune. Was it the 80s? Not 60s. Okay, so the original novel was based in the 60s, but the uh, original movie was 1984. So um, just having that uh, differentiation. Obviously, the special effects are night and day different here. So that's why I'm liking this a lot better than anything else. Um, so, yeah, let's hop into number four. So we are at number four. Number four. King Richard. Okay, I admit, I I just realized that I have a lot of biographical drama films on here. What is this? Uh, sort of Belfast, definitely Take Take Boom, Sort of Judas and the Black Messiah, now King Richard. I, I, I kind of have a... A reputation for putting these biographical films up here. Hmm. So anyways, King Richard is a 2021 American biographical drama film directed by Ronaldo Marcus Green and written by Zach Balin that follows the life of Richard Williams, the father and coach of famed tennis players Venus and Serena Williams, who serve as the executive producers of the film. It stars Will Smith in the title role. Um... And I'm sorry if I, I butcher these names. Uh, uh, and and Junyu Ellis and Sanaya Sydney, Demi Singleton, uh, Tony Golren, and John Berthnall. Bernthal. Um, I was blown away by this movie. Um, of course, it's. It's hard not to like Will Smith, but in the past couple of years, he hasn't had a, a really big hit that I've been like, whoa, that's Will Smith. This was the movie. I was like, whoa, that's Will Smith. You know, that's the pursuit of happiness tears coming out. Um, some Oscar tears. Um, so let me see if I can find his last big role. I, I can't. Filmography. Will Smith must have an entire wiki page just on his filmography. Um, yeah, but the last one that I remember is like, here, here's his filmography. 
Yeah, he has an entire page dedicated to his filmography. Okay, so um, before King Richard, I don't think I've really liked him too much in uh, too many movies. Um, what do we got? The Bad Boys for Life. He was okay in that. Spies in Disguise. That's uh, animated. Gemini Man. Wasn't crazy about that. Aladdin was the last thing I really remember him in. Wasn't crazy about Aladdin. Um, yeah, and I don't think he's really had a big hit, a big dramatical hit like this since dramatical, dramatic hit um, since maybe Focus or Concussion. I don't even think those, those were even uh, received that well. Um, but yeah, I don't think he's had a big performance like this since maybe like Seven Pounds, which was back in like 2008. I was just like, I don't know about all this. So, um, it sounds like someone's getting a little bit of food. Let me, let me close that door. Oh, I can't have people. Oh, we back, we back. Sorry. Um, so anyways, the, uh, yeah, I have not seen him in anything really too much that has been impressive as King Richard. And it's not just Will Smith. I know that I just went through all of his uh, filmography to see what the last thing he's done. It's not just Will Smith. It is um, the young girls as well um, that are playing Venus and Serena. The fact that they are able to have legitimate girls – that are great actresses. They are able to play tennis and it's believable that they are a family. There's not really a second that I don't feel like Will Smith is part of this family. I mean, I got lost in the sauce, like watching him, he became Richard Williams. And I understand that this is more of a, a color coded version of Richard Williams, it's way more in the positive light, not so much showing all aspects of who Richard Williams was. But with saying that, I still felt like I understood his struggle. I understood that he wasn't a perfect guy, but I understood that he also was very much um, working as a team with his his wife for much of it. Um, and I know that it doesn't completely serve the the at-home story to the degree that it probably could. It could be more detailed. It could be a little bit more uh, critical of, um, quote-unquote, King Richard, um, even though they do show him as kind of hard to work with uh, from the coaching standpoint. Uh, whatever he did, he him and his his wife, whoever the the team, the coaches, the the factors that came into building these uh, these professional tennis players um, uh, of color is just uh, brilliant, and it's it's beautiful to watch. I do kind of wish it was a little bit more critical of Richard Williams of his personal life a little bit more. Although there are scenes in here that are that you'll be like, oh my god. Um, that's pretty deep. That's pretty hard. And I, you know, I, I praise it for, for at least tempting to go to that direction. I do feel like it does, um, it does get in Richard's face and say, yes, you are 
kind of hard to deal with. Yes, the things that you've done um, kind of have hurt people, but you've also created some amazing superstars. So um, let me see. Let me see what else we got. Okay, so that is King Richard. We have not covered that as a review yet. I might go back and do that. Um, but I was super impressed by King Richard. Number three movie. Anyone can guess it? The Harder They Fall. The Harder They Fall is a 2021 American revisionist Western film directed by James James Samuel, who co-wrote the screenplay with Baz Yatkin. So this has one of the best casts of the year. Jonathan Majors, Idris Elba, Zazie Beetz, Regina King, Delroy Lindo, um, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, RJ Kyler, Danielle DeWiler, Eddie Gathiki, and Dion Cole. It is, uh, there's not a, a bad role. There's no small, small parts. Everything from the direction, from the music, from the cinematography blows me away. Do you see this fade right here on my head if you're watching this? Uh, I had regular hair this before watching The Harder They Fall, and it just completely shimmed. It blew it away. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just kidding. But I'm... I am serious with saying that um, from pretty much all aspects of this movie, it blew me away. It kept me entertained. I was I was uh, I was like, holy shit, the, the twist, the music, the cast, the harder they fall has to be seen, in my opinion. It's one of the best uh, pieces of media I have seen on Netflix. Number two. Well, it is coming up on grossing almost one point five billion dollars. Spider Man No Way Home. Spider-Man No Way Home is a 2021 American superhero film based off the Marvel Comics character, comic book character, Spider-Man, co-produced by Columbia Pictures and Marvel Studios, distributed by Sony Pictures. Um, so, yeah, it's the sequel to the Spider-Man Homecoming um, movie. And everyone knows if you were involved in the MCU at all or have any inkling about it they've basically been adding a superhero to almost each of spider-man's movies um so without going into too many details about this movie this movie is the is basically a culmination of multiple franchises into one um and that is why it is um successful uh, we had a pretty in-depth review about why I really did like Spider-Man No Way Home. I don't think it's perfect. Um, 
I think the first half struggles a little bit to find its footing, but once it does find its footing, the emotional highs um, and dramatic lows that you experience in the Spider-Man movie might be some of the best in all of the Spider-Man franchises. Um, I can't say enough good things about um, the supporting cast um, Tom Holland as Spider-Man. I feel like it, this movie matures our Spider-Man in so many ways. Um, this isn't a movie that could always happen. It's, it's one of those like once in a, not once in a lifetime, but once in a, every once in a while kind of thing. But it still just blows my mind that they're able to do it to this degree. So, um, if you have not seen Spider-Man No Way Home at this point, um, like I said, you need to do your research on, on the previous franchise, um, involvements and, and watch the old Spider-Mans and you'll, you'll greatly benefit from understanding what's happening in this movie. So, um, yeah, that is Spider-Man No Way Home, the second movie, number two of top movies, top 20, uh, 2021. So our number one film for 2021 is because any can anyone can anyone guess it? Hmm. Nope. Nobody. All right. But I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm not even live. <laughs> so, uh, all right. The top movie for 2020. So 20, 2021. For me, is should have had this up. Bo Burnham inside. Who could have guessed? <laughs> Bo Burnham inside is a 2021 American written, special, directed, filmed edited and performed by comedian Bo Burnham. This gets my number one spot simply because of creativity. The, uh, the fact that I think the majority of this was created all in about one room by one person is, is just incredible to even think about from the direction to the cinematography, the camera placement, all the way to the music. Now, if anybody's like, what, what the heck is Bo Burnham's Inside? Bo Burnham's Inside, I think, can best be described as a digital castaway. At the very beginning of the pandemic, when we were all specifically locked inside of our homes, um, you know, many people were starting to lose their minds, lose their shit, lose their, you know, sanity. And Bo Burnham was uh, getting ready to come back out onto the big stage into you know the comedy realm because um, he had taken a break for a little bit due to stress. Um, but then COVID happened and then it was all shut it down. And so all of his uh, creative juices and everything that he was uh, – experience in that at that time kind of uh, rapidly deteriorating mental health um he 
puts all of his talent all into this special. And in my opinion, I think that this special does do an excellent job of en encapsulating just how a lot of us felt during the early times of the pandemic, given that when I watched it, I thought that we were getting out of the pandemic. It was around the time of Delta was happening. Um, I was hoping that o Omicron wasn't going to be a thing, but this was before Delta and Omicron was even on the map, other variants and stuff. So it might change based on you know where we are in the pandemic, but I feel like this is ultimately an optimistic take on um, what it's what it's been like. And so... Um, yeah, let's uh, let's only support, you know, good, good art that um, that needs to be seen. And obviously understand that there's uh, disappointing art that some people are like, well, you know, that probably needs to be seen, too. But I think that this is optimistic, positive art, obviously, by one person that, you know, I think deserves to be on the top of the list, um, mostly because the the film in itself and in, in just the vignette style of him kind of explaining, having sketch comedy, having musical acts, musical breaks, almost like TikTok style of changing the different styles. Um, it's entertaining as hell. It's introspective as hell. Um, yeah, and, and extremely, um, relatable, I guess. So let me know what your top 10 movies of 2021 were. Um, I have a full list of movies, um, that I've seen and, uh, not all of them made it mostly just might have been one or two nitpicks I had about them that they didn't didn't make it to the top ten, but uh, I'm curious to hear what everybody else um, th uh, thought about this year in movies. I did feel like I thought we were going to have more movies this year, but I guess there were more delays. From these were all the movies. A, a big chunk of them were from the 2020 release that got pushed back. So, be interesting to see what everybody uh, thought about the 2021 year. So uh, like, share, subscribe. You know what to do. Uh, support Luck It Out Podcast. Uh, any of the links um, in the description, luckitoutpodcast.com for all the uh, social medias and to support. That's where you do it. Thank you and take it easy.